Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We'd like to have this time during our Sunday evening services to really give more place to the Spirit of God moving in our midst, allowing Him to manifest Himself as He wills and sees fit during our time together. Now, sometimes when you say that, it sounds like, well, you're not letting Him do that at other times. Well, we certainly are, but you have to have different kinds of services. If we don't teach people, they won't be taught. If you don't instruct people by the Holy Ghost, they won't be taught in certain areas of their Christian experience. Like if you don't teach about the blood covenant, they won't know about the blood covenant. If you don't teach about faith, they won't understand the operation of faith. If you don't teach about the Holy Ghost and His gifts, then they won't understand that. And so there's a lot that needs to be taught, so you have to have services where you just teach by the unction of the Spirit, and of course be open or led by the Spirit in other areas if, if He would have you minister in a different way. But it's also true that we need to give time for the Holy Spirit to move in our midst as we just minister unto the Lord, waiting upon Him in His presence, learning how to flow with the Holy Ghost and move with the Holy Ghost. And not just while we're assembled together here, even when we're in our everyday life. You know, if we would take time to be in tune with Him, I believe we'd have more results, don't you? And that He would lead us, direct us, and guide us in certain ways. I know he'd lead us out of trouble. I believe God's always trying to lead us out of trouble. Wouldn't you be trying to live your, lead your child out of trouble if you could all the time? Certainly you wouldn't. He's doing that for us also. And so that's why we want to give more time to him during these services to acquaint ourselves with him, to better understand the way he moves and manifests himself among us. So I'm going to just share a little bit with you from the Word of God because there's some things that are going on in the body of Christ today that we need to be aware of, things that are happening that we need to be aware of, and also that we have to understand and need to understand as far as the Holy Ghost is concerned. It seems as though whenever God does something by His Spirit, men take it to the extreme sometimes. Also, there's always a tendency to be so reserved that we don't even acknowledge what the Holy Ghost is doing. And we don't want to be in the ditch on either side of the road. We want to walk down the straight and narrow and flow with God and move with God. At least I know that's what we should want to do. Is that what you want to do tonight? Yes. Flow with God and move with Him. And so I'd like to share with you uh, from the Word of God a few things about what to expect when the Holy Ghost moves in people's lives. Because you see, sometimes we're not aware of the way He manifests Himself, the different ways He manifests Himself. And if we're not, then we're going to think that something is strange because it's somewhat different than what we've been used to. Anybody out there desiring to be changed from glory to glory? Are you already there yet? You already there? I'm not already there. Are you already there? Something different happens and it's like, you know, well, my, this shouldn't be, but hey, if it's God, then we have to acknowledge it. Amen? Jesus was different. When he came, wasn't he? And he did certain things that uh, the people couldn't understand. But they were genuine and they were real. First of all, make note of this. If and when the Holy Ghost is moving, I believe there are certain standards we have to follow and accept and believe from the Word of God. 
when indeed it is the Spirit of God moving in our midst, turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 16. Jesus always is to be glorified. It is never to glorify man. It is always to glorify God and lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 16 and 13, it says, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. But notice the Holy Ghost will glorify Jesus. The Holy Ghost will glorify the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. God does not share his glory with man. Now, he may give you the anointing. You may have the anointing of God on you, but God's not going to share his glory with any man. He is to be glorified among the people, and he is to be exalted among the people. And the Holy Ghost knows that, and that's why he has come. He has come to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he moves, he'll do that very thing. Everything will point to Jesus. Now, in some time, or some occasions, and in some services, in some places that are being conducted, a lot of attention is not given to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And it not to be, ought not to be that way. And I realize that we can get carried off sometimes and we can just, you know, step out because of our flesh sometimes, but the Holy Ghost is going to glorify Jesus in all things. And he is going to be exalted and uplifted in all things. And when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, it is going to be his desire to see to it that Jesus receives all the glory and not a man. I mean, I thank God for people who think that there are so many that are out there that are the, the men of the hour. You've heard that said, when, when moves of God were in manifestation. For example, when Catherine Coleman was in, in her prime of ministry, men exalted or people exalted her because of the miracles that took place, because of the signs and the wonders. And, you know, men are prone to do that. But in actuality... All she was doing was being led by the Spirit of God. All she was doing was fulfilling the call of God that was upon her life. And she is no different than anybody else other than she has a different call that needed to be fulfilled. And in obedience, God will reward her for what she did. But you see, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes people have a tendency to give the glory to a person when they should be glorifying man. I recently heard a report about an evangelist and they said that this person is God's man of the hour. To be frank about it, there's only one person who qualifies as God's man of the hour. His name is Jesus. You better say a louder amen than that. His name is Jesus. He's God's man of the hour. And it's never changed and will never change. Men need to be obedient and yielded to the Spirit of God to do what God would have them to do. But men are not to be glorified. Men are not to receive any glory because it's God who receives all the glory. The Holy Ghost in manifestation is going to glorify Jesus, as it says right here. He is going to be uplifted and exalted. And so when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, Jesus is always going to be exalted. And that's one way we can know that it indeed is the right spirit. 
Amen. It's the right spirit. Also, God's people are going to be edified. God's people are going to be built up. Their lives are going to experience change. I believe with all my heart that when the Spirit of God is in manifestation, it is His desire to touch hearts and change lives in such a way that God's people will be ushered to higher places in Him and they will mature in Him. He doesn't just manifest Himself so that we can just have some sort of a bless me club and that's all there is to it and then never change and be the same, not be affected whatsoever by the power of God that is in our midst. It is His desire to change lives. We read in the Word of God that we are changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. And that's what He will do. And that's what He desires to do. We find ourselves in a position maybe we are uh, burned out or stressed out or overworked or that sort of thing. And the Holy Ghost manifests Himself in a powerful way and you're changed. You are strengthened with the strength of God. That's what He wants to do. And that's what He will do as He manifests Himself among the people. So God the Father is going to be glorified. Jesus is going to be uplifted. And also the people of God are going to be touched and their lives are going to be changed when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation. We're going to see new births take place. People filled with the Holy Ghost. We're going to see uh, broken hearts mended when God's presence and power is in manifestation. Amen. That's what God desires to do, a refreshing that comes to the people of God. I believe it will also create a hunger within the hearts of God's people for more of God. More of God. It is that which drives us to wanting more of God and not that which leads us away from God. I also believe that when the Holy Ghost manifests Himself, there is going to be a manifestation of great love. Great love. There was a great love that was manifested among the people in the, in the days of the apostles. There was a genuine care and concern for each other. And also there was a genuine care and concern for humanity. You see, beloved, it was not just bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, and I'm happy. There was a genuine care, love, and concern for humanity. And there was a compassion that rose up within these people's hearts. They had a longing desire to see the salvation of the lost. In the days of Stephen, we can see that happening. When at his death, the time of his death, he said, Lord, lay that, not that sin to their charge, for they know not what they do. Think about that. He saw the heaven open. He saw the glory of God. He saw the Son of Man, the Son of God, seated at the Father's right hand, and he said, Lord, don't lay this sin to their charge. Didn't he? What a great compassion. What a great forgiving spirit. What great love. He had for humanity and that needs to be among God's people I mean I thank God that God's people can have times of refreshing and blessing but beloved God wants us to concentrate I believe also upon this great need in society today and that is to reach those that are bound that are lost in darkness by ruling religious spirits with the power of the Most High God Yes, I believe that God wants revival and there is timing when it comes to revival. But I believe that the end result of revival is that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A working of God. 
that glorifies God, that magnifies God, that exalts the person of Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost in manifestation, that touches hearts and changes lives and ushers us deeper into the things of God, produces within us a love and a compassion for each other and also for a lost and dying world. That is God at work among the people. Amen. Now, when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, we can expect certain things. We read in the Word of God many things that took place when the Holy Ghost was in manifestation. You're familiar with the one in Second Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 14 where it says that the place was filled with the glory of God, with the cloud, so that the ministers could not stand for by reason of the cloud. Remember reading that? We can expect at times when the glory of God fills the house of God, people to fall under God's power. We can expect that. And in some cases, we're not talking about catchers being behind them. We're talking about people just falling out under the power of God as they either sit or stand in His presence. We can expect that. Look at, John, look at the book of Revelation, if you would please, in chapter 1. And this is speaking of John when he was on the Isle of Patmos in exile. Jesus appeared to him clothed in glory. He described him as being radiant and glorious. His head, his hairs were white like wool, white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire, verse 14 of chapter 1. Verse 15, his feet likened a fine brass as if they burned in a furnace, his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth when a sharp two-edged sword. His countenance was as the sun that shineth in his strength. That is glory. Have you ever looked at the sun shining in its strength? It's hard to do, isn't it? It's impossible to do, isn't it? You just can't keep looking up there without any protection for your eyes and not walk away blind. Shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. I fell. We can expect there to be glory. We can expect there to be the presence of Jesus in such manifestation when we give place to the working of the Holy Ghost in our midst that on occasions people can't even stand to minister by reason of the cloud or the Shekinah glory of God or the presence of the Lord or the countenance, as it says here, of our God. That is a genuine manifestation of the Spirit of God among men when God's glory is so overwhelming and so overpowering that people cannot stand. And back there, as it says in Second Chronicles, they couldn't even stand a minister unto the Lord. And then you might think in your mind, well, what is the purpose of this? the power of God coming on us in great manifestation. You know, at times like that, people have had visions or dreams. People have had spiritual experiences. People have received, and on some occasions, just rest and an exchange of strength. People have been refueled or refired spiritually during the time that God is ministering unto them while they're lying there on that floor under the power of God. People have received direction for their lives or for their ministries. And in some cases, people have received anointings, specific anointings for the specific call of God upon their lives. 
And so we can expect the power of God, the glory of God, the, the, the Spirit of God to be in manifestation. And when He is, people will fall under the power or be slain in the Spirit or be at rest in God. That is genuine. Of course, we see that all the time, so that doesn't bother us. But also in the book of Jeremiah chapter 5, and you can look it up if you want. If not, that's, that's okay. But we, also there are cases a shaking that takes place. You have seen people sometimes shake when the power of God falls on them. That doesn't mean that everybody is going to shake, just like it doesn't mean that everybody is going to fall. But let's put it this way. He that falleth should not criticize he that shaketh, and he that shaketh should not criticize he that falleth. You get that, don't you? Same Holy Ghost, sometimes different manifestations. Amen? So we shouldn't criticize. You say, why is that person shaking? Well, there are many times on many occasions when the presence of the Lord was so profoundly manifested that people trembled and shook. Remember that? All throughout the Bible you can see that happening. And there are many references. But that does take place. And you might say, well, what is the benefit to that? Well, I all know is this, that when Paul and Silas were in jail, the earth began to shake and everybody's bands were loose. I guess they were shaking because of the earthquake. You ever see people in an earthquake? Thank God that we've never been there. I've never been there. But you can see it sometimes on television to see what's happening. Everyone's bands were loose. If the Holy Ghost wants to manifest Himself in such a way that people begin to shake and then they're delivered from whatever ails them, thank God for it. Can you say amen? amen? Thank God for it. Thank God for it. We shouldn't criticize. See, it's just a certain way or a specific way that the Holy Ghost manifests Himself in someone's life. Then all of a sudden, you know, we can see other things happen, such as fire. Fire. You know, the Holy Ghost does manifest Himself in fire. Acts 2, 1 through 4 talks about they're set upon each of them cloven tongues like as a fire that did sit upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Fire is emblematic of the presence of the Spirit of the living God. And fire that is manifested does do a work in people's lives. You know, as I was thinking about this this afternoon, I recalled what an individual told me here this morning when we were praying for people here at the altar. He said, I don't know what you saw or heard. I don't even know if you saw or heard anything. He told me this on the way out. But he said, right when you went to lay hands on me today, I heard a pop or a sound that was similar to electrical or electricity popping, sparking. And I recall that because we never really laid hands on him. It was in the process of laying hands on him that something it appeared to hit him before we ever touched him. And boom, he was just lying down on the ground. He says, and when you did, it was like a fire went through me. Like an electrical current, an electrical flow of power, like fire or something like that, that just shot through me. I heard it and he said, I felt it. Now you might think, well, what's the purpose of that? Well, to be frank about it, we may never know certain things. 
We may never know why God by the Holy Ghost manifests himself in certain ways, in ways that he does, but he does. And if it's biblical, we can expect him to do it, right? In Jeremiah 20 and verse 9, I'm going to read that to you. It says this, Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. What do you think that burning fire was shut up in his bones? The prophet Jeremiah was anointed to stand in the office of a prophet. And as a result of the anointing of God upon his life, when he said, I am no longer going to speak. Well, see, as long as he was speaking, he was being used of God in obedience and he was bringing forth that which God had for him. And the reason why it wasn't just shut up there, locked up there, was because he was giving it out. God doesn't want you to get fooled to keep it for yourself. He wants you to get fooled to give it out, praise God. And he said, no, I'm not going to speak anymore. Forget about these people. Have you ever been there? Forget about these people, you know. Cup of those, a hard head, you know, they, they, you, they can't never receive anything. And you may feel as though that's what you want to do. Well, if you're really genuinely filled with the Holy Ghost, it'll be like a fire that's shut up in your bones. And if you don't let it go, you're going to get cooked. We can expect Holy Ghost fire. Fire. In manifestation, when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation setting people ablaze so that it's like a fire burning up in their bones and they don't know what to do with it. They've got to let it go. I know when I used to first start preaching, I used to go pretty quick. <laughs> Had a little example of that this morning. But something just happens when the spirit of priest comes on me. It's just like something hits me, you know, out of heaven and you just kind of take off with it, praise God. It just begins to rise up on the inside of you. And it's just like a burning on the inside of you. I know on occasions when laying hands on the sick, there's like a fire in your hand. Holy Ghost fire. See, God wants us to get full to give out. God wants us to get filled up to bless humanity. And we can expect that to happen. But we don't have to just expect it to happen here when we're in church. Here's a place where we can have freedom to enjoy the presence of God, to be taught in the things of God but then also develop boldness to get out there in the highway and byway of life and minister life unto other people. God wants us to use our faith to declare that. I'm, I, I'm used of God, a vessel of God. I can be used of God. You can be used of God. Anybody proclaim that God needs your hands. He needs you to speak for Him, to proclaim truth for Him, to lay hands on the sick. I, I, you say, oh, yeah, you do that because you're in a ministry. No, I did that when I worked in a mill. I did that when I worked in a mill. This one fellow said he was going home sick. I'll tell you, you talk about on fire. He said that to the wrong person. I said, what's the matter? He says, I've got this something, stomach virus or whatever. I'm going home. I said, come over here before you go. Let me lay hands on your belly. I did. God healed him right there. He said, I'm still going home. I already checked out. <laughs> well, at least he went home well then. But God healed them. God wants us full. We can expect the Holy Ghost fire to fall upon us. If you don't expect it, you'll never get it. If you don't expect it and look for it, you'll never have it. He that seeks finds. He that knocks has the door open. He that asks receives. Amen? You've got to look to John 16 uh, over there where we read in verse 13, 14 and say, Father, you said the Holy Ghost will do all these things in me. 
He would teach me. He would guide me. He would show me things to come. You told me to be filled. That's another thing. Another thing that we can expect to take place or happen in people's lives when, when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation is found in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. It says, Be not drunk with wine, where is in excess? But be being filled with the Spirit, speaking unto yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You know, sometimes the Holy Ghost will just manifest and fall upon you and you can hardly even stand up. And you do seem like you're a little bit drunk, you know, kind of walking around and staggering and all that because you just can't stand up under the power of God. We can expect people to get full of the Holy Ghost and in some cases, laugh in the Spirit. There is laughter in the Spirit. How many know there's laughter in the Spirit? Sure, there's laughter in the Spirit. How many also know there's fleshly laughter? How many of you know that? There is fleshly laughter also. And you see, sometimes if we're not careful, if God's people are not careful, like I said, we take something that the Holy Ghost does and then run with it and think that's how it has to be all the time, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And when people do that, they start running with that, and then they start to try to manufacture something on their own. You know that's giving place to wrong spirits when a person does that? You can give place to a wrong spirit when a person does that. And then it's not, no longer is it of the Holy Ghost, it's of the flesh. And when it's of the flesh, if people are not careful, they're going to give place to wrong spirits. And those wrong spirits can get in and control people's lives. So that which is of the flesh is flesh, and that which is of the spirit is spirit. And we need to be in tune with the Spirit of God. We can expect Holy Ghost laughter. But let me say this to you also. You don't have to just laugh in church. Did you know that? To be frank about it, if you're around somebody 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and they never laughed a lick, you know what I mean by that expression? But they come to church, and all of a sudden, oh, they just can't stop laughing. I wonder... Are you listening to me? All of a sudden, there's Holy Ghost laughter, but seven days a week, every single, you know, all day long, all night long, there's nothing but a complainer, grumbler, murmurer, and all that. All of a sudden, there's nothing but Holy Ghost laughter when they get to church. I wonder about that. You know how you get drunk? Speaking unto yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart under the Lord and you know you cannot do that and be sad and I found this to be true also what God usually does when you gather together like this is the overflow of what he did to you when you were alone with him come on say it louder amen, amen. it's not all of a sudden we just start doing some wild crazy things because we got together Holy Ghost move upon you where you live. You'll be used of God in, in public worship service because in private you're singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart unto the Lord and glorifying God. I have found that the more I do so in private devotional prayer time, the more I have the manifestation of the Holy Ghost in public ministry. Amen. That's how it happens. For, just for example, just on Wednesday, well, I knew we were going to have a humdinger. I knew we were going to have a humdinger. How did you know that? How can I just jumped in the car and it was like, we talked about fire and electricity. It was like electricity just began to flow through my bones. 
all the way up and all the way down. And I started praying out in the Holy Ghost, praying with other tongues. The Holy Ghost fell upon me, the anointing of God. I knew it was the Holy Ghost night to preach, you know, because you can sense the different anointings. I don't know about you, but I can sense the different anointing. And the Holy Ghost just fell. I'm on my way to church, driving over here, and all of a sudden the same thing happens. The Holy Ghost fell. You see, while you're doing it out there in the private devotional and your alone time with God, then you're more apt to be used of God in your public ministry. Hallelujah. So when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, we can expect those things to take place. Electrical current flowing through you, fire falling upon you, burning in your bones, tongues, other tongues, psalms, hymns, being drunk in the Spirit, laughter in the Spirit. And there is a big difference. In Psalm 126, it talks about how when God delivered them from their captivity, there was laughter in their hearts because there was gladness within. The Bible talks about when the Holy Ghost manifests Himself in Acts chapter 8, and they that were lame were healed, and, and those that were with the palsy were made whole, and there was great joy in that city. Sure, there's great joy in the Holy Ghost, for the Lord hath done great things for them. We can expect Holy Ghost laughter. We can expect Holy Ghost joy. But may I say this, and I, I do believe this with all my heart, saints, just like you wouldn't interrupt somebody's preaching with the message in tongues, you also wouldn't interrupt someone's preaching with laughter. If it's the same Holy Ghost in manifestation, he's not going to work against himself. Hallelujah! He's not going to work against himself. There'll be a time for the laughter and the joy. Hallelujah. Just like there's dancing in the Spirit. You can expect that. There's dancing in the Spirit. And when it's in the Spirit, praise God, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It glorifies God and magnifies God. But you know what? Just because one dances in the Spirit, the other one may not dance in the Holy Ghost. The other one may be shouting in the Holy Ghost. The other one may be laughing. Let not the one that dances criticize the one that shouts, and let not the shouter criticize the dancer. But then again, there are those that think, well, it's okay to dance in the flesh. Beloved, we have to be very careful that we don't give place to wrong spirits in anything that we do, in anything that we do for God. Anything. The enemy's out there wanting to use anything he possibly can to destroy the move of God. And anything that is of the flesh will do that. Let it be in the Spirit. We want to have times of refreshing in the Spirit when the Holy Ghost is in genuine manifestation. And what can we expect Him to do? We can expect these things to take place. We can expect people to be drunk. But then again, there's another verse. Hallelujah. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. I'm sure you know the story. Or you know the verse. Verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne high and lifted up his train till the temple above it stood. The seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face and with twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. You know, you get to that place, you're going to have some manifestations. When the house is filled with smoke, you're going to have some manifestations. Then said I, Woe is me, from a, I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of uncleanness. For mine eyes have seen the King, uh, the, the Lord of hosts. Then, one, then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken 
with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Anyhow, in this place, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and full of glory, there was a holy awe. And in some cases, you might see somebody over here dancing, shouting, but you have somebody over here that is standing in the presence of God with a, almost like a, and don't misunderstand me, this is not ignorant, a dumbfounded look on their face. Almost like, how can someone be over here shouting or someone over there dancing or someone lying on a floor and someone back there like... But you see, they're having an experience in God too. God is dealing with that person in His presence in a specific way that touches this person the way he or she needed to be touched. And they are still in the presence of the Lord full of holy awe, sensing the wonderful holiness of a holy God to the place of being dumbfounded and almost speechless. I tell you, there's something else that happened in the book of Ezekiel. You can find that in Ezekiel. As Ezekiel begins to talk about what happened to him when the Holy Ghost fell upon him. He was knocked down to the ground as the Holy Ghost fell. But then as he continued to manifest himself, the Holy Ghost picked him up off the ground, literally. Knocked him down, picked him up. Glory to God. Just picked him up, lifted him up right off the ground. We can expect that. We can expect that to take place. And then there's another manifestation. And this is one I've really got to look at a little bit more. And it's found in 1 Kings 18 and 46, and it talks about Elijah the prophet. Remember when the fire fell from heaven? Burned up the sacrifice. The prophets of Baal were killed. Remember that? Up over there on Mount Carmel. Then all of a sudden, he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And the, he saw the cloud in the sky. And all of a sudden, he gird up his loins. That's a polite way of saying he lifted up his skirt. <laughs> and then the hand of the Lord fell upon him. Everybody say the hand of the Lord. See, the hand of the Lord fell upon Elijah the prophet and as a result, he outran the chariots. Did you hear that? You know how fast horses run? He outran the chariots. Now, the Holy Ghost fell on him. I have had the hand of the Lord come upon me on numerous occasions. And you've heard me say it, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. And it's almost as if you cannot hardly stand it. You almost just want to take off and run. Why? Because it's so profoundly manifested, it gets down into your legs. And you can hardly just stand there. Amen. You can hardly just stand there. And I realized that there was a reason for this. See, the Holy Ghost fell upon him, and he ran, outran the, the chariots and all that. Sometimes I kind of wonder. You know, we don't have any chariots to outrun. We're certainly not in the Olympics. Right? Amen. 
We're not. But it seems like you're at that place. And I've said it on numerous occasions. Now, I've never done it because I've often wondered in my mind, is that something you should yield to? Because if you do, you have the whole church running around, just running around, running around, running around, running around. You know, and then someone come in off the street and say, what church do you go? You know, the one where they just run around. And... <laughs> Amen. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying in any way. I guess if the Holy Ghost was on you enough and he said run, you better run. But I would say to the Lord, I want a result from this run. Stretch me out to 510. Do something. There better be an end result because somebody better call, better call upon the name of the Lord and get saved. You see, back over there in Acts chapter 2, would you, would you go there with me, Acts chapter 2? Whatever it is that's being done is to result in this. Eventually. The Holy Ghost is in tremendous manifestation. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servant and on my handmaids I'll pour out my Spirit in those days, saith the Lord, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before that great notable day of the Lord come. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is what it's all pointing to. The Holy Ghost in manifestation on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 souls were added after Peter preached his sermon. Amen? So you see, he, he was seen as being one who was drunk in the Spirit, but he was still in control enough of, of his being and senses that he was able to preach there at Jerusalem, and these people all got saved. And he said, the promises to you and your, your, your father or, and those that are after you, your children, your children's children, as many as the name of the Lord our God shall call. And then we see the Holy Ghost falling in Acts chapter 4. In chapter 5, in Acts chapter 4, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost, spake the Word of God with boldness. Speaking the Word of God with boldness is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost in people's lives. And as they did, signs and wonders were also wrought, so that even the shadow of Peter overshadowing the people, those that were sick, those that were lame and had all kinds of diseases, were healed every single one. And beloved, there needs to be those kinds of manifestations. Because I really believe, just as it took place in Acts chapter 3, you, you there, you're close by. Look at Acts chapter 3. In verse 6, Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered into the temple. Oh, I like this. I like this. Walking and leaping and praising God. Can you imagine? Somebody sitting out those doors over there. We're all coming to church on a Sunday morning. He's got a cup out. Alms, alms, alms. Who had never walked. Day in, day out. Day in and day out. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening. Day in and day out. Week in and week out. Month in and month out. Year in and year out. And he's just sitting out there. And all of a sudden, one day, the Holy Ghost moves in a specific way. And that fellow is touched, 
lifted up. Immediately his lifeless ankle bones receive strength. He leaps up, walks, enters into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. I guarantee you somebody, some even as reserved as you, would probably leap with them. Can you say amen? I mean, this place would come unglued, wouldn't you say? And there'd be a reason for it, wouldn't there? Glory to God. What great things the Lord hath done. What great things the Lord hath done. Beloved, I expect to see the glory of God. And then there is another manifestation, and I'll close with this. In Romans 8 and 26, it talks about travail or groaning in the Spirit. Someone might be over there laughing and laughing in the Holy Ghost, and somebody over there has a spirit of travail that fell upon them. And you kind of wonder, how can that be happening over there and this be happening over here? Because there are different, diverse manifestations of the Holy Ghost among men. Glory to God. And so here, that one over there might be shouting, that one over there might be dancing, and that one over there, they're just uh, travailing in the Holy Ghost until Christ be formed in somebody. And that's how the Holy Ghost manifested Himself. This one over here is lying under the power, and that one over there is walking and leaping and praising God. Hallelujah. And this one's got fire burn, burning in his bones and just can't sit still, can't contain it all. I expect to see the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And I expect the result to be that many will call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. I expect to see fire of God in this place like we've never seen it before. But, beloved, we've got to have the understanding from the Word of God that this is how God moves and this is how God acts. And if something is different, it's different. And the thing is, we've got to be yielded, don't we? We've got to be willing vessels, yielded to God, to His Spirit. But these are certain things we can expect. And you know what? I have to say this to you. I have to admit this to you here right now. That's why sometimes I get a little bit grieved in my spirit when, you know, we have a line over here and they're so close to that rail right there. Because we don't want anybody to land on that thing fall into that thing. Sometimes I try to shorten it up and move the line over just to here. See, I don't want anybody to get offended by that, but sometimes I don't want to go over there and minister right over there because we want to get them over here where there's more room. See, sometimes, let's be frank about it, the ushers have to hold them up and we can kind of stop the work of God. If God is tucking somebody in a way and they're falling under the power, see, that could be a, a, a thought in their own mind that I'm going to hit that thing back behind me and and all this and all that, and, and it breaks the move of the Spirit. Can you see what I'm talking about? See, but if there's liberty, there's more room and freedom here, and, and there's not a concern about anything like that, and the Holy Ghost come on somebody, and they fall under the power, and power of God is on them, and who knows what's taking place. They might see an angel. God might speak to them. They might see Jesus. See, we want to be ever so sensitive, and we want to be taught of the Lord and know what God would have us to do at this hour, at this time, right now in which we live. Now, there's always, as I said, extremes to all kinds of things that take place. And on occasion, some will even admit that it wasn't God that was even doing it. They were just acting in the flesh. But you know what? When you have fire, there's always going to be some wildfire. I don't want us to give up the real fire just because there's some wildfire. I don't want people to think that just because 
sometimes it does give place to a little bit of wildfire that we just want to snuff the whole thing out. We don't want to do that. But beloved, bear with me when I say to you, I want to, I want to have the genuine. It is my desire to have the genuine. Stay with that as much as we possibly can. I believe in having it all. The laughter, the dancing in the spirit. And there should be death, dancing in the spirit. And there should be laughing in the spirit. Someone says, I thought, Pastor, we weren't allowed to dance in the Spirit. No, that's dancing in the back building with secular music. We never have made a law you can't dance in the Spirit, but we did say that if you have a, a wedding back there or something like that, you can't dance back there with, um, you know, secular music and all that sort of thing back there in that back building. That's all that we said. But as far as the church service, Holy Ghost falls on you in the Spirit. It's okay to yield to that. Amen. It's okay to yield to a tongue, interpretation of tongue. It's okay to yield to laughter. It's if it's Holy Ghost, ghost laughter. Hallelujah. And who knows? Holy Ghost fall on you. You might be finding yourself lying on the floor there, having a vision or a dream or whatever God would see fit to do. There might be a fire burning in your bones and purifying your heart and your soul. Let's all stand together before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.